0: Hey, Barrett Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective-type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. 360 is an Australian rapper who has released four studio albums. What You See Is What You Get in 2008 Falling and Flying in 2011 which peaked at number 4 on the Aria Albums Chart and was certified Platinum Utopia 2014 and Vintage Modern 2017 second album provided 4 charting singles including Boys Like You which peaked at number 3 on the Aria Singles Chart and was certified 4 times Platinum At the ARIA Music Awards of 2012, he received six nominations and won the Breakthrough Artist Release Award for Falling and Flying. Up next on Savant, we've got 360. Where do we find you in the world and how are you doing?
1: I'm in Melbourne, Australia. I'm in uh, my studio at the moment. Um, I'm doing really well. Yeah, just uh, came off a a tour for the last couple months, I think.
0: Mm.
1: And... uh, Just working on a new album now.
0: Why the name 360? Where does
1: I come from? Um, so the the real story is kind of not that cool, but um, I was like, I used to go on rap battle forums when I was young, and uh, you would have to type up like lyrics and battle people over the internet. Okay. And uh, I I used to use, I was like 14 or something, and I used to use Eminem lyrics and steal them so i got banned from the name when i think it was uh many styles and then i my friend had an account that was under 360 so i started using that and then it was spelt it was spelt a little bit differently though so i've just changed it to the numbers now yeah but that's that's it i started just stuck with it
0: and why did you decide to change the the spelling to numbers oh it was kind of it was it was
1: hard to really read it it it's kind of like if you look at my Instagram tag it's kind of like that. It was okay. it's it's hard to make sense of it, so I just yep. thought I'd I'd make it simple.
0: Uh, you mentioned rap battle forums. What is that? Rap battling is where two
1: rappers go up against one another and they pay each other out. So it's like a roast but in rap form or it's okay. like boxing. Boxing but rapping. Okay. So you 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 get given an opponent and then You kind of practice for them and work out what you're going to say to them and then try and figure out what they're going to say to you and rebuttal what they're going to say. It's it's kind of – there's an element of freestyling
0: to it as well. So, yeah. Um, Would you normally know who your opponent is pre-to-the-time or is it a surprise as you arrive? So back in the day when we
1: first started doing it, like you didn't know who your opponent was. You got You just got to the venue and Mm. they would pull your name out of a hat And then you go up and just have to make it up on the spot. Yeah. It was actually, it's quite difficult doing it that way, but it's so impressive how some people can just do stuff and make it up on the spot and then just keep, keep it flowing. Yeah. Um, And then now it's evolved to the point where people know ahead of time. So they prepare, they fully write for it. So they bring about three rounds and it's there, there's three rounds and they're about 60 seconds long or actually these Battles these days go for an hour long, so okay. it's just like back and forth, like this this brutal kind of lyrical matchup.
0: So the ones that you today you mentioned that the people know who their opponents are. Do, do they ever do the surprise one anymore? I'm not sure if you know, or is it always pre.
1: Um, it's mostly pre these days, but they still do some events where okay. they they do actual freestyle ones. Yep.
0: Okay, lovely. I love the background. So now let's rewind. So I'm gathering, if I'm correct in my understanding, that you started with these battles as a teenager. So how did that story uh, accumulate to where we are currently? I was always into
1: making music. Um, I never thought it could be a career. I was playing professional basketball before that and that's what I wanted to do with my life but I had issues with my sight um like I'm I'm blind in my right eye which at the time was kind of devastating but it was really kind of a blessing because it made me it made music the only kind of vice that I have yes so I've been doing that and 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 didn't really think it was much and so the battles was just like a little hobby thing that we did it wasn't Wasn't anything that we've uh, like that I took very seriously at the time. Once the music career really took off, battling's also taken off on a massive scale now. Like the, the battlers around the world are crazy good. Um, I'm keen to get back into it as well, but the, yeah, I started making the, I started dropping singles in like the mid twenties and then just naturally evolved into that. And the radio started playing it and music became the main thing rather than battling.
0: And were you surprised that the success of the music because the radio started playing it or were you just like, okay, this is the tra- trajectory I wanted to get on and it's just moving forward as I expected.
1: I, I had, I was very much into like uh manifestation and, and the law of attraction and writing down your goals and what you yes. want to achieve and all that. So I had, I had this idea that I was going to do really well, but, I didn't think it was going to do as well as it did. Like I had, I had all these goals written down to go gold. That was like what I considered to be amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and everything just went multiple platinum. And then that's, that was like, that was mind blowing. It was absolutely, absolutely crazy. All, all the goals that I, I wrote down literally came true. Like it's so, it's, it's crazy to think about.
0: So you mentioned the law of attraction. I also love the law of attraction. Like I'm a big uh, proponent of it. When you put down your vision board or your list of goals, did you just put it down and then step away and let things happen? Or did you visualize or look at it every day?
1: So every night when like me, me and my mate would often stay together when we were writing, we would each night we would spend ages doing it. We just sit there imagine ourselves on stage but it would it would actually feel like we were there like it was like we get um complete adrenaline rush and felt like you were on drugs like we just sit there just kind of shaking and just like whoa and just picturing all this stuff happening but like i know i know a lot of people just think it's uh it's crazy talk but if you think of the placebo effect like the power of the mind is is incredible yeah and um and it's it's it it doesn't just mean it'll magically happen it yeah. just uh, what it does is open up open up the doors along your journey in life, but you've got to walk through them and you've actually got to put the work in as well. Mm. If you do that, then you can actually achieve whatever you want if you truly believe it
0: you just you know you've just given me a reminder because I've had my mind sometimes kicks in with some doubts and it was like, oh, and you I had to speak to you this morning, thank you I'm glad I'm glad. You've allowed me to some aha moments. I appreciate it. So now let's dive into your creative world, your creative brain. So from zero to three to four minutes, what is that journey of creating? Is it easy every time? What invigorates the music? How long does it take every time? Let's dive into your creative bo- brain and world.
1: Okay, if I um if I forget any of those questions, feel free to just jump yeah. in and ask me. For me, uh, I I write very much about things that I go through and things that I see happening in just in the world. Um, I have to talk about what I go through because it's in, in, a, in music form and rap form because I very much struggle with communication okay. in talking day to day wise. So when I get in there, I, I just put on a, usually it's like listening to a beat, um, figuring out what I want to write to. But when I find the beat that's really speaking to whatever I'm going through at the time, Then I just play the, I play the beat over and over and over and I will, it's, it's like freestyling, um, gibberish and just words that don't really make sense to try and figure out the flow that I want to use. And then when it comes, my favorite part is writing the lyrics. Um, when it comes to writing the lyrics, it's just like, it's so hard to explain, but when you get in the zone creatively, there's something there's something higher. I feel like it's, it's a connection to something greater than yourself. Yeah. And it's almost like you're gifted something from somewhere like the heavens or the, you know, space or whatever. It's, it's like something is handing, handing these words and it's like you're channeling something like you're. Yeah. Something's speaking through you. It's, it's, it's very hard to explain, but it feels like a very spiritual process. And I think the more you do it, um, it's quite addictive it, it because that that feeling of being in in a flow state is just like it's 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 remarkable it's it's like a drug um but that's 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 basically how I write um I often write in my phone as well because I mm-hmm. just will be just walking around and have things come to me but as far as albums it takes me a long time to write albums because I put a little bit of pressure on myself um if I'm if I'm releasing mixtapes which are just um about like bunch of songs over beats that aren't yours and it's for free if I'm yeah. releasing mixtapes I I can just churn them out it's like because they're for free and there's they're not going to be sold and it's not like an official album kind of thing it's like I have this ed- added pressure all the time um and and when I'm making mixtapes I don't feel that pressure I can I can just let go and have fun with it but I'm trying to be less uh uptight when it comes to writing album okay. stuff so hopefully i'll have an album then my next album dumb this year
0: first is more of a statement you mentioned about channeling so i've spoken to an, like almost 200 artists now and so the reason i was smiling when you were saying it is so many of them have said the exact same thing they're in the zone it comes from the ether from that higher consciousness it just channels through them and they the vessel so when you said you're not sure if you, uh, if it makes sense, it completely makes sense because I've heard it from so awesome. many artists already. That's how I was oh, smiling awesome. when you were saying it. So that was super cool to have that reaffirmation again. The other oh, thing awesome. is how often do you release the mixtapes that you mentioned?
1: So, uh, mixtapes are an, a crazy promotional tool. Um, I think okay. they're such a smart way for artists to show their range. Like if you're, like if you're coming up and you, you want to work with producers. It's it's a way of showing people the type of songs that you would make if you, if you had the caliber of producer that made that song that you're jumping on. Yeah. Um, oh, so to release them up, usually I I put I, about, I reckon two for every album is usually what I try and do. Yeah. It just depends on the, how the writing, how the writing is going and okay. you know, it's, it's hard to predict it.
0: Okay. So now why, if you don't mind me asking this question, so The pressure that you put on yourself for a release of an album compared to a mixtape. Why is that extra pressure there? What is it about it that makes you feel, okay, I have to feel this extra bit of whatever in order for that to be released?
1: Um, I think because it's, it's an official release, like the fact that it's like it, I feel like mixtapes you can just put out and you can, they, they just, they're just out there, but they don't really. I don't think they shape an artist's, like, I don't, I don't think of artists as their mixtapes. Like all my favorite rappers, I never think about their mixtapes okay. when I think about their skill level. I think it's just like that pressure, you know, when, when something's, when something's gonna, and you, and also when you're a bit, bit of a sensitive person with the, with the self-conscious and shy and shit like that, it's, yes. uh, yeah, it, it can, it can make that
0: hard. So how many tracks are on a mixtape compared to an album? Are they same amount of tracks or a little bit less? Uh, usually,
1: usually it can, it can be whatever. Like I've done a few okay. mixtapes that only had three songs on it, but I've done ones with 27 songs on it. Oh, so wow. it
0: can okay.
1: whatever you want. The one that I just dropped was 10.
0: So you mentioned that those songs or mixtapes are stuff that's already been released by other artists. Was my correct my understanding? But then you're adding your own words on or?
1: Yeah. So, so okay. they're over, over famous songs like this. Yes. Little Dirk or J Cole beats and stuff like that. Yep. So you can't actually sell them. That's okay
0: because of copyrights and that.
1: Yeah. So it's it's a bit it's a bit tough. So you can't put a mixtape on Spotify.
0: You can only ever put
1: it on like YouTube and certain social media sites. But if it goes on Spotify, it's uh, you can get done for copyright.
0: And the words that you've ever created for a mixed a song on a mixtape. Have you ever thought, okay, cool, this could actually be a good. Lyrics for a song that could be released on an album, and then you create a song from that.
1: All the time, yeah, okay. all the time, we'll, we'll think that, and then I'll just think because I've I've written it right now, and the the mixtape is what's being worked on. I'll just always yes. just leave, but it always happens. Like I I feel like a bunch of the stuff that I, I've just put out on my most recent mixtape is probably album worthy. Lyrics-wise, I, I, I do. I would have. I would have put them out if it was the right time.
0: Lovely. So now, I'm not sure if you're aware of NLP, New Linguistic Programming. So NLP is the way people process information. So people are dominant in one, secondary in another, and tertiary in another. So there are three of them. There's visual people; they create pictures from the information that that they are processing. Auditory people. It's about the words, understanding the words, understanding the sentences and paragraphs. It's all about the audio. Kinesthetic. Of I'll do that word again. Kinesthetic of is about the feeling, the emotions, the body language, the energy. So, when you're listening to music, from focusing on music now specifically, when you're listening to music uh, by other artists of your own, do you create pictures of what you're hearing? Is it about the words that you're hearing, or is it about the energy and the feeling? Oh,
1: that's <laughs> a good question. That's a good one. I feel like it's almost a mix of all of them, but I'm definitely big on the energy of it. Okay. Yeah, probably more than anything else.
0: And then also when you're listening to songs by other artists, are you ever able to just relax and listen or is your technical creative brain unpacking what's going on?
1: It's funny with um with rap I definitely get very critical. Mm-hmm. Um if it's if there's like if certain writing that I don't like, but with other music I can I can listen and, and just zone out, but it's, it's
0: never with rap, unfortunately. Now you just mentioned you just finished a tour. So tell us what do you enjoy about performing live?
1: It's amazing seeing what songs of yours connect with people the most. And it's also just, just a crazy experience getting out on, on stage and doing, doing music live is, is amazing. Um, and, and the release that you get from it too. Um, I, I did, I, I've, I, I was in uh, rehab about three years ago, and I'd so I've been away from the music industry for about five years, only okay. since 2023. And um, I had my first tour back uh, last June, and that was like ex- extremely exciting. But I, I got I was I was so nervous, like when I was getting up on stage, um, I had like all these cobwebs and, and, and I was so self-conscious. I felt so, uh so stiff on the stage. Like mm. I couldn't loosen up and that, that was kind of scary at the time. It was like, I don't know if this is really going to be for me, if I can't like get over this feeling. Cause it was just so, so hard to deal with the anxiety. Yes. Um, but in this most recent tour that we did, um, I've just been, I've been really looking after my health and my fitness and I can just feel myself getting a lot more confident within, mm. within me. I, I had a lot of doubts before and, and I had a lot of confidence issues before that, but I'm starting to, to get all that back now after, you know, really eating well and taking care of myself. Um, it's, it's made crazy difference on mm. my, my state of mind and my being.
0: So do you maybe think that the doubt is just that I get it as well in different scenarios. So obviously (laughs) not performing live on stage, which is completely different, but my doubt everyone has their own experience, but do you think that it's just Mm -hmm. that brain talk of like that, like I caught the parrot on the shoulder, that like that chatter, chatter, chatter it's like, shut up, keep quiet. Like, and sometimes that chatter overtakes that trying to tell that parrot to shut up. So do you feel maybe you're having more experience now in the conference to tell that parrot to shut up and it's quietening down more, re, more quicker and more uh, regularly compared to before.
1: That's it. That's a, that's a really good analogy. And it's, it's like, if say, say you've got your computer on and you've got YouTube open on the internet and then you open a new tab and you've got a, you've got about four videos open playing at once. I feel oh, like, yeah. Yes. Before, when I was unhealthy, that's what my mind was like. It was very noisy and just like a lot of shit was going on, and just it was hard to concentrate. But after really getting into the fitness, like doing kickboxing and all that, and and taking care of myself, it's like it's like bringing that down to one video or or just silencing them all completely. Yes. it keeps it kind of calm. It's good. It keeps the parrot silent.
0: Yes. <laughs> What I love about it is also to recognize that the parrot's there. And for most people who've had the parrot, know what I'm talking about, the parrot will always be there. So it's becoming friends mm-hmm. with the parrot and not trying that's to it. avoid the parrot either.
1: That's, that's exactly it. And it's, yeah, it's learning how to live with it, hey, and, and understand that you, you don't have to listen to it and you don't have to buy into the words that it says. Absolutely. Very like well
0: that. said. I love me a CD. I still budget for my CDs every month. I love the aesthetic of the holding something. I love the images, the artwork to me. a thank you to you guys for the hard work you put into it. I'm not sure if you're aware. Our physicals making a massive comeback. Cassettes, CDs had the biggest sales last year in 21 years. Vinyls also, they had, um, biggest sales in the UK since 1990. But then we have these digital, oh. digital platforms that are people stream music on. What are your observations and perceptions of each? Oh, I I really like,
1: uh, I love CDs too. I think owning the physical copies is is, is something special about it that is, is it loses its soul with uh, streaming. Like Mm. it's, I think streaming has its, you know, like everything it has pros and cons and that, but I think overall it's changed music probably I'd say for the worst. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like I don't listen to full albums as much anymore. It's just playlists um hmm. of, of my favorite songs and stuff like that. But albums albums are special though, and it's yeah, good way of, good way of supporting people. I need to get back into it. I need just I need to be about. I need to start buying albums again.
0: Because I mean, it's that whole experience. You go to the store. You like ah, oh, what am I going to choose today? Ripping open the packaging when you get home, looking at the artwork, putting it on—it's like a whole journey and experience. Whereas, like, on, I find on digital, I have both, but I find on digital, it's like, "Oh, cool, okay." Oh, maybe I like the song. Oh, I don't feel like the song. For like, skip forward uh, halfway. You know. Whereas, if you've yeah. invested that time and energy and money into a whole body of work, it's like you take the time to absorb it, absorb it, yeah. and experience it.
1: Hundred percent, and yeah. and people really connect with. The person, like the personality of the artist, more through an album. I reckon. Yeah. Like on Spotify, you can't really get a gauge of anyone's personality, but through albums, you can. If if it's coming back, that's amazing. I actually had no idea about that. That's that's actually really cool to hear.
0: Yeah, it's it's massive comebacks, and actually, what's interesting is the teenagers. Late teens and early 20s that are buying it, not like the older generations of nostalgia. It's actually the younger people that are buying it, which is super cool. Oh, That's amazing. (laughs) So some good news. So I know if I had to ask you this question in two minutes, two hours, 10 years, I know your answer will be different every time. I recognize that because there are millions of them. But if you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we finish this conversation, what would those five songs be and by whom? Now, I'm not necessarily saying favorites. I'm just saying, cool. I want to play five songs off the, off the top of your head. What would those songs be?
1: Han Zimmer, Time, Max Richter, To the Stars, um, The Beatles, I'm Only Sleeping, Wu Tang, Bring the Ruckus, and Eminem, Stan.
0: I love the mix. So many different genres, so many different mind experiences of the music. The podcast is listened to throughout the world. So, as a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say?
1: If you're, if you're someone who is stuck in a rut right now and you've been in a dark phase that you feel like you can't get out of, know that you can, but you've got to put the work in to get out and pull yourself out of it. It, No one's going to come save you.